You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, all you triathlon studs and studettes. This is Brett Blankner with another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Hey, on this show, we have an interview with one of my good old friends, pro triathlete John Hirsch. We talk for an hour all about different styles of training, Thanksgiving and holiday food, off-season weight gain and weight loss, and just all kinds of neat stuff. Oh, like how to, well, stay on top of your game for being a pro, for example. John Hirsch has been a pro for um, 10 years now. So he talks about weight training as you get older and things like that. It's pretty neat. It's a really good episode and I'm proud to bring it to you. But before we get into the interview, let's cover a little bit of triathlon news. Here we go. First up, we have Max King setting the new 100K record in a run. So this is about 62 miles (laughs) Max King is a little bit of a phenomenon. This is awesome. He's a big-time trail runner, long-distance runner, and he averaged, for 100K, he averaged a 6-minute and 13-second mile pace. Imagine doing that for 62 miles. That was crazy. That happened just the other day. I have the link to his Strava um, workout because he put it up on Strava for you to check out on the blog at zentrathlon.com. And then also, we had a female age grouper get popped for performance-enhancing drugs in South Africa. It looks like she was about 50 years old, and she has been to Kona before, uh, at least once. And yeah, so it makes you wonder, you know, was she doing it before when she qualified for Kona? And the drug of choice looks like it might have been some kind of amphetamine, which is a definitely a training aid. You know, there's a whole lot more to that story. Besides the headline, so if you're interested in that and what's uh, happening with that, then start Googling Googling around and, and trying to find out more. It's, I'm sure it's a messy, messy situation. All right, Ironman Arizona sold out on site. So if you do an Ironman, the volunteers and the racers the very next day, as they're cleaning up the mess, can go and sign up. And apparently people love this race so much that it sold out on site, and so the world was sitting around on the internet to try to register, and they were told, nah, too bad, all the spots are taken. So nobody got a spot unless you were there. And there's a little bit of controversy if uh, if this is fair. And um, on one hand, I think it's not fair, because there's people that would like to go race, and just because they couldn't make it on site, they can't race. But on the other hand, I think it's actually pretty fair. I mean, <laughs> it's sold out. There's only only so many spots. And those people, you know, were there and volunteered and raced it. So why shouldn't they get first dibs? I don't know. But what we should watch out for is get ready for this kind of thing at bigger races. So let's say Ironman Texas next year in the spring. Uh, if I want to race Ironman Texas in the, uh, in the a, a year after that, Do I need to register for it right then and there? I mean, that's pretty crazy. All right. Speaking of Ironman Texas, Lionel Sanders, who is a bit of a phenomenon, 
has been quoted as committing to racing Ironman Texas. So watch out for him there. And we just had Jordan Rapp on. So that'll be a nice head-to-head uh, match. And ironically, had, uh, Steve Head um, passed away. And uh, he was only 59 years old. Uh, Steve Head, if you don't know who this is, if you ever see decals on a, on a set of wheels and some other gear, the HED, um, big, big, he was a big guy in aerodynamics and got the whole thing started in, in, uh, with carbon fiber, uh, working with carbon fiber to help make things more aero. And um, he started off as a bike shop owner, apparently in maybe Minnesota or Wisconsin, and then got into this. And he is the reason behind a lot of the stuff you see today. So he will be sorely missed. Um, Also, we have Ultraman going on this weekend. We've got some results from that online. You go to UltramanLive.com, and you can find out about all kinds of things going on with Ultraman. Um, As I'm talking right now, it's day two. It's a three-day race, and... It's why we're going to try to do the Ultra Baby next year. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, some guy <laughs> did uh, the first day's bike on a hand cycle. And that's nuts, man. Because um, it climbs 4,000 feet on day one on the bike. It's a 90-mile bike ride after a, after a 10K swim. So you can only imagine how hard that was. So big props to him. Um, the FDA is going to make all chain restaurants post calories on menus. So this is a big deal. Um, one thing you should know is don't always trust the calorie count on a menu. Uh, there, I saw some analysis of how truthful they were, and they can be pretty far off. But still, it helps. So you can make healthier choices when you look at A versus B on a menu and realize that A has 600 calories and B has 300 calories. You're like, oh, okay. So um, they've proven that when people have this, they uh, make better choices with food. So here's the quote. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration will announce uh, that is making final two rules. Okay. Uh, Calorie information be listed on menus and menu boards at chain restaurants, grocery store takeout counters, convenience stores, theaters, amusement parks, and vending machines with 20 or more locations. So if you have fewer than 20 locations, then you don't have to do this um, because it costs too much. Uh, These rules do not apply to independent restaurants. That's very, very cool. Um, Working on Ultra Baby Belt Buckles. Okay, so... Next year, October 17th of 2015, I'm putting on an event. It's uh, Ultraman in Spirit. It's a three-day race, and it's a 10K swim, open water, and then a 90-mile bike ride on day one, and then on day two. And this is all in College Station, Texas, and the surrounding area. Day two, 190-mile bike ride, I believe. I think it's 170 or 190. I'll have to look it up. And then the uh, day three is a double marathon. It's a 52-mile run. And John and I talk about it a little bit during our interview. And you can find out more about it by going to zentrathlon.com slash ultrababy. And if you finish this, you get a belt buckle. So I've been working with a belt belt buckle maker. And I've spoken with them before and had them make stuff before. And yeah, you get a belt buckle. It's got, we might call it the Ultra Texan or something like that on there across the front. 321 miles. Ultra Texan 321. B 
be pretty cool. So look for that. All right, let's go ahead and get started with our interview with pro triathlete John Hirsch. In, during the interview, if you're wondering like how I'm talking <laughs> to a pro triathlete so casually and with so much back history, is because John and I have hung out a lot. He's come to Texas and trained many times with me. He's lived in my house for a week at a time for many times. Um, I've stayed with him in New York and we've been to Spain together, which is episodes from last spring for a week uh, training around southern Spain. So we go way back. And a holistic guru, when we mention her, is Christine. That's his fiance. And she's a health and nutrition expert. So good deal. All right, let's go ahead and get started with John. Let's go. Welcome to the next level. John Hirsch. What is up? <laughs> we roll again. We should just start recording. Yeah, I'm, I'm recording right to, now. Right. I'm too awesome to keep. I'm too awesome to keep in a box. That's right. Yeah, you, you don't even. You don't even want to like. Yeah, we don't even need to pregame this. We'll just do it. No one keeps John Hirsch in the corner. Nobody puts John Hirsch in the corner. <laughs> I'm recording in my car, okay. as is Zentride's tradition. Mobile studio. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm in an empty subdivision that's just trees about to be built, and now I got a truck driving by me that's about to go. Hey, boy! I was gonna say you probably don't seem creepy at all. What are you doing? Oh, I bet nobody thinks you are creepy. <laughs> in my Sri Racha shirt. Yeah, yeah. Just and some, a headset. Just some pretty boy with blonde hair, little like real pretty look to him, just hanging out. No big deal. Yep, that's right. <laughs> You're not near like any schools or like uh, playgrounds, right? Well, not right now. That's good. That's good. I used uh, to I used to run up to playgrounds and do pull-ups on them. People might remember that uh-huh. for me doing that on the on the jungle gym stuff. And then I quit sure. doing it because mothers would hold their purses close to their bodies and run away. Well, you know, and with their children in tow. God, it's scary. Yeah. You know. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? You're a giant Norse god. <laughs> You're very Thor. intimidating. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I mean, you were wearing a Thor outfit. I mean, you forgot to tell people that. I, I, uh, I was getting an allergy shot the other day, just a couple days ago. Uh-huh. And the women at the clinic said, wow, you're looking, you're looking healthy. Nice. No, bad. In Texas, uh, that means healthy is fat. Oh. Yeah, off season is over. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little on the chunky side. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. Not bad though. For me, honestly, I've gone Yan Ulrich and this is not bad. You're taking ecstasy like, and dancing at like, disco clubs German with pick. powdered donuts? Let's just say no, I mean I've gone I've had like some bad off seasons. This one's not bad. This is actually the best I've ever had, but mm-hmm. You gotta start. Gotta start getting into shape because I got something coming up. Are we really recording, by the way? Yeah, we're recording. Wait. So right. wait. So wait, I got... What's your worst off-season uh, body shape? One seventy-four, and I raised it one. Oh, holy crap! <laughs> yeah, it was the it was the off-season where I bought my place, and I stressed out so hardcore. Uh-huh. You ate your stress about, about home ownership. Yeah, I was like freaking out, and I like. Yeah, man, I was like, I was working all this overtime to try to make a little extra money, and I was eating pizza, and I was stressing about this and that, and I was also like, 
probably shouldn't admit to this. But I was basically doing some, like, not quite Enron-style uh, creative accounting, but, you know. <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure I was going to be able to afford this lovely home. And yeah. uh, this was back before the whole economy collapsed, remember? Yeah. And no one went to jail. Oh, it then. collapses every 10 years or so, so. Yeah, well, this was right before the last, the last one time. collapsed. And yeah. They were like, hey, maybe we shouldn't give out these loans to people who don't qualify. Right, right. So I got, like, one of the last loans for people who shouldn't have them. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you're giving a pro triathlete a loan, yeah. come on. Come on. Predatory You're obviously loaning. not doing your due diligence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back then, though, they paid... Predatory ten... lending. That's what it was called. Predatory yeah, lending. Yeah, totally. Totally, yeah. If you're... You pay 10 feet back then. If your banker has a shark fin on his head, <laughs> you um, might have trouble yeah. making your payments. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, luckily, it worked out. But, yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely got one of those ones. And then... Uh, and so, yeah, man, I got fat. I mean, I put on, like, I was bigger back then to begin with, so I was, but I went up 14 pounds. I was one racing at 160 back then, mm-hmm. and uh, I went up to 174, and not coincidentally had a terrible season. That was, like, my 2007 season was pretty unremarkable. Yeah, I remember. It was, Jesus. Yeah. <sighs> but then, but then actually I got to control of my diet, and in 2008 yeah. I had my breakthrough. <laughs> there you go. So it all works itself out, really, you know. Yeah. Just don't get just don't get too big. So you're healthy for Texans, huh? Yeah, that's about five hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah. How's that how's that BBQ? <laughs> it's all it's, it's all be, all barbecue all the time. We have got to tell the listeners this is a conversation having having uh is taking place the day after Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Um also known as None More Black Friday. Uh-huh. Uh, by the way, I keep making a joke on Twitter. Does anybody get the Spinal Tap re- reference or just me? Wait, what was the joke? None More Black Friday. None More? Yeah, is that the name of the Spinal Tap album? None More Black? Oh, I don't know. Do I you, think that was the name of the record. What do you call a nun on a scooter? Uh, what? Virgin Mobile. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. I'm not gonna lie to you. I like I like nunjo, so that was pretty good. <laughs> Catholic upbringing. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So we're having this conversation the day after Thanksgiving, and I'm pretty sure uh-huh. every single person listening has a little bit of regret. Oh yeah. A little bit. I had six desserts. I'm not gonna lie to you. I had. I was having a meltdown yesterday because I wanted to get out of this house that we were uh-huh. in. That has just nothing but high calorie foods. Garbage food too, like high calorie, but it's not like it's not like nuts or something that has like high calorie, but you know, good nutritional benefits. Yeah, it was it was a mix of foods that you can't resist. Yeah. That is high, that are high calorie, oh, and dude, then foods you. that are that you you kind of can resist, but are high calorie, and oh. then and then. Um, Everybody's sitting around watching football and drinking real Cokes, you know. Nice. And and nothing's open, right, because it's Thanksgiving Day. Right. Because I'm like, I could get in my car and and drive and get a salad. And drive to a gas station where they serve more Coke. Right. There's nothing. It was so maddening. And then um, everything everything that we've brought to try to to, um, leverage against this, this situation was all prepackaged like high calorie granola bar kind of stuff, you yeah. know, and like I was just yeah. like, dude, yeah, I just want a salad. Is all I want, some fresh greens, man. And so, you know what I ended up doing? I didn't I ended up eating at 
well over half of a freaking onion, like two-thirds of an onion. I actually got really lucky because um, yeah. the holistic guru, Christine Lynch, actually cooked dinner. Uh-huh. So my meal was totally healthy. I had oh. a delicious Spanish-style salad with, like, fruit on top. And then I had, um, like, deep rich greens and then i had a lentil loaf because i'm a vegetarian so yeah no turkey lentil loaf really oh. good with a vegetarian gravy uh-huh. super healthy but then ever that was like her being like hey uh i love you and you're kind of fat that's like her way of <laughs> her hint yeah a little hint. hey i love you you're kind well of fat. i got a question uh, and then but then everybody yeah. brought dessert everybody yeah. everybody brought multiple desserts there was six desserts yeah i mean i have no willpower well the the crazy thing is Emily's mom, yeah. even though Emily has type 1 diabetes and her brother has type 2 diabetes and right. Emily's mom is married to a dentist, right? the number, the, the sheer waterfall, like Niagara Falls level of uh, cakes and pies and fudge. So like there, I finished a bike ride today and there's a little bit of fudge in a tray, you know, and I'm like, well, right. I finished a bike ride so and I'm hungry, so... And I go, and there was something else in another tray. And then I go, I said, is this fudge? And, and I started cutting it to, to eat it. And she goes, yeah. And if um, this one is more fudge, <laughs> but with but with nuts in it, um, nice. because uh, uh, Alexandria, this other girl, uh, relative, yep. um, is allergic to nuts, right? And so in this household, the fact that somebody's allergic to nuts doesn't mean make one without nuts. It means make one with nuts and without nuts. Nice. <laughs> nice. Now, that being said, right, yeah. it is Thanksgiving. I mean, come no, on. No, well, that's, you know, around the corner from an orange an orange marmalade cake, and then there's a coconut cake, and then there's oh, another pie. There's uh, coconut, uh, what is it, uh, pumpkin pie. And, yeah, right and there. then um, weenies, those, those, those Vienna sausage-sized weenies in barbecue sauce on a slow simmer in a, in a steam pot right. right next to that. That's all... All that is all within three square feet of each other in one yeah, corner no, of the kitchen. Listen, and you're, and you're just, and then, you know, you're, just, you're just human, man. And yeah, then sugar yeah. cookies with, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing the calories I ate yesterday without thinking, yeah. right? Like, I had a Kit Kat bar just for breakfast. Yeah. It was just there. Yeah. You know, woke up, you know, got handed a Kit Kat bar, ate it. It was Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. So it's so weird, right? Because, like, obviously we don't eat like this ever. And then Thanksgiving comes, and we all eat like that, and it's just awesome. And then we wake up today, and we're like, oh, my God, we're terrible. we got to go work out. Well, you, you said something about being vegetarian. I, I need to ask you, how many of your superpowers do you think come from you being vegetarian? Well, I know one of them definitely came from a gypsy curse, so <laughs> it's not that one. So at least one did. Um, oh, yeah. and another one came from a voodoo hex. So... Yeah. I know at least two of my superpowers are not related to that. And I got one of those, the voodoo hex, before I was vegetarian. A, a voodoo Definitely what? Not. Voodoo hex. I got hex. Hex. Oh, hex. Okay. Yeah, hex. Uh, I thought uh, you were saying yeah. hacker. I'm like, wow. That's no, funny. no. I don't know if there's any voodoo hackers out there. There might be. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty intense. They get access into your computer with the with needles the to, the, to the heart. <laughs> Dude, I'm so bad with technology that I actually like start using You would probably that. do that. You would probably yeah, have like one of those. I like, my computer doesn't work, and I start being like, yo, computer. And I start like holding crystals up to it. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man, make this work. Make yeah. this happen. Hold the chicken yeah. up in the air and shake it. Be like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, so it's like this rubber chicken. Yeah, be a rubber chicken. Yeah. Don't hurt it. Yeah. You just hold it up. Actually, I actually have three really good voodoo uh, 
voodoo vegetarian spells, but you know, people have to read the cliff notes. Well, they have to get in touch with you. So I got a question yeah. for you. All right, I, I tweeted that I was talking to you today. Okay. And did you see somebody uh, wanted me to ask you? Okay. <laughs> Wait. Somebody said on anonymous. Ask or we I, can out this person. I also tweeted, you know, that I I tweeted um, off season is over. People now saying I look healthy. Uh-huh. Quote, quote unquote. Uh, that's disastrous for long course training. Hashtag just kidding, but seriously. <laughs> and then somebody, uh, uh-huh. somebody, uh, Van City Try said, "That's what Slow Twitch is saying. If your family stages an intervention about your eating habits, you've just hit race weight." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So right. uh, this one guy says, "Our uh, oh, our do you say it, wrestler or Reisler? Looks like Reisler. You know him? Oh, I know that dude. You know him? Oh boy." This is going to go bad right away. No, he said. He says, "Please ask him why he's so mean to his athletes." <laughs> That's so true. Uh, actually, I'm I'm actually not mean to all my athletes. I am really mean to him. Okay. Um, and he is one of my athletes, and I'm really mean to him because it totally gets him to respond. Uh huh. Like, there's a cer- there's a certain athlete out there that really needs like just somebody who's not afraid to be mean. And be sadistic and like. Oh, I like sadistic. Old, yeah. Yeah, old school like football coach on yeah. them, and I'm that guy. Like I love that. Like I, I totally am comfortable with that. I respond to that. Mm-hmm. So I have you know me and my training partners will like we'll just say hurtful, hateful things to each other, and it really, it really works. But I actually don't do that with like a lot of my athletes. He's he's special. Mm-hmm. He he should know that that's uh, that's me caring. Because I don't do that with most of my athletes. Most of my athletes, like, you know, I give them what, you know, I, I find what they respond to. And sometimes it's actually just, like, encouragement and support. Mm-hmm. So you just got to gotta really know the athlete. It's one of the reasons I really like the way I, I coach, which is with a lot of interaction with my athletes, because mm-hmm. I get to know them as people. And I think that's where a lot of the real stuff comes from that makes, you know, makes having a coach worth it. You know, it's not just the, the training plans. I think those are... You know, I think there's a most people could probably make those themselves with a couple of books and an internet connection, but I think it's getting people to really push and be motivated and um, mm-hmm. and really, you know. When when I was in the core, five percent out. When I was in the uh, core at A and M, there was a special uh, drill team that you could try to get on, uh-huh. and I went out for tryouts, and it was terrifying, and um, it's called the fish drill team. People that know about a and I might know something about it and we're out there running at, at night in the pouring rain and then lightning strikes mm-hmm. like pretty close by and the one of the guys that was leading us yelled at this guy he goes you missed <laughs> like that <laughs> <laughs> and then uh it, it was it was insane and i was like i'm so in i love this this is the best <laughs> see yeah exactly yeah like for some people that's exactly what they respond to yeah, so, i need insanity um, yeah, I actually know that I respond that way. So yeah, that really that that's one of the things I bring to the table. As a yeah, coach. And, uh, yeah. The dropout rate was insane, which means if you make it, that means you're really awesome. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, my training plans are really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and at, when people finish them, they're like, I'm definitely gonna. They have a lot of confidence in their Ironman. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's their first Ironman, like they do one. They finish my training plan so like, oh man, I can't wait to do the Ironman. It's gonna be easy. Yeah. This was like. This was like this was your training was terrible. I can't you know, I can't wait to get out there. Finally, yeah. you know, I can't wait for the taper and then to get out there because you know I just need this to stop. 
<laughs> the only but, way you know, for but, John Hurst to stop training you to death is for you to finish <laughs> this Iron Man. Then you can quit. Yeah, but I, I tell you, I think I've only, I mean, I've been doing this for like 13 years. I think I've only had, you know, like 10 to 20 athletes, and I think I've only had like one or two DNFs. And yeah. that guy like literally passed out. He was oh, running. Wow. He was running in St. Louis. It was like one of the really hot years. Oh yeah, and yeah. He just woke up in a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I actually take that as a moral victory. Oh okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so that guy actually is one of my. I'm actually proudest of his not finish than I, as, as or as proud as any of the actual finishers. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, you know, so that's what that's the answer. The long the long story to that. To that all right. So. You are going to try your first. You're going to try it. You're going to try to be all grows up and do an ultra marathon. I am. If you do one, uh-huh. I'll never have being an ultra marathon or over you anymore. So I don't want you to well, do it. Well, in fairness, my ultra marathon. I hold my ultra man, ultra marathon manhood cheap compared to yours. You did uh, Rocky Raccoon. I mean, I'm doing a 50K, but I'm doing it in terrible conditions. It was, yeah. Eight inches of fresh snow and um, five degrees. The last time I did the marathon version uh-huh. of this race, yeah. so jumping up to the from forty-two k to fifty k, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it, I, I know s- I know what I'm in for. This is it's like technical, it's hard, it's a miserable fifty k. That's good. So what is the which one is it? Trail marathon. What? Watchung Trail Marathon. It's the first fifty k of the year for the New Jersey Trail Series. A cool little local event that's about. Uh, an hour from New York City. Oh, so you'll be where that bear is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you see? I I saw you like the photo I posted of that bear. Did you know? Yeah, right before that that right picture was taken the by the guy that got killed by the bear. Yeah. Yeah, they pulled the phone off the picture off this phone, and the phone had chew marks on it. Cool. Wow, he, I'm surprised there wasn't a closer closer shot. You well, probably like playing with the phone and trying to get like send a text of that photo with the bear. Was, Bear. He's like, no, nah, he's got his head down, right? He's like looking yeah. at his feet. Yeah, Bear probably doesn't understand. Like, probably shouldn't make fun of people who just died, huh? No, you're That's a terrible person. Cool. Plus, by the way, I'm so that guy. <laughs> I could just see me like in the middle of like training with you and Morgan in the middle of California and being like, oh, dude, a cougar. And like fumbling <laughs> with my phone as it like quickly like closes the distance. Oh, look, a hat. Me. Wait, this hat is made out of rattlesnakes. <laughs> Take a picture. Yeah. I'm surprised I haven't got hit by a car living in New York City walking around with my head down on my phone. Oh, yeah. I bet you that happens a lot, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's great. But, yeah. I mean, it's great. Yeah. And I'm, I, <laughs> I should be that guy. Like, I can't make fun of these people because, frankly, but for, like, just yeah. dumb luck, I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was yeah, hit I'm by running a... the, I want to get back to the ultra marathon, though, because I'm excited about it. Okay, I'm so when is it? The... How do we follow you? Okay, it's... The first weekend of the new year, so I think it's the 3rd of January, 2015, and I'm running it for Team Continuum. Right. Team Continuum is a charity organization that provides non-medical resources for people. So if you can't pay your rent, Team Continuum will step in and pay your rent. If you, you know, these kind, you know, if you need to buy food, these kind of things, because it's fighting cancer. Very cool charity. So I'm very excited about it, and um, you can make a donation to me at teamcontinuum.net. Or there's a link on my website, johnhirsch.org, and hopefully there'll be a link on your website. Um, and this particular program <laughs> we're running through the holidays because we provide um, gift cards to kids with cancer in oncology wards. Yeah. So 
um, you know, we our founder actually was uh, went into a hospital and saw that kids around the ki- the holidays just didn't even have toys, and he was so unbelievably crushed by this that he immediately went out and raised you know sixty five hundred dollars and um, came back and solved that problem. So we've continued that tradition. So between now and the holidays, um, we're you know I'm trying to ask people to you know give whatever they can. Um, and just make a small donation or a large donation to uh, to this to this program because it's so important. I mean, it's kids with cancer around the holidays. I mean, come, I mean, geez, come, I mean, come on, people. Like, I mean, come on. That's like the. I mean, the only thing would be worse if they were like whole, sitting on a pile of sick puppies. Yeah. I mean, that'd with, be like the only way to make this actually worse. And yeah. they're not. They're just. But they are, in fact, kids with cancer. Um, in oncology wards for the holidays without toys. I mean, that's horrible. Yeah. So we, you know, so we've we've done a pretty good job. We're trying to raise the whole sixty-five hundred. I think we're at about two grand, um, but we just started. So really hope that uh, people people make it hear this and are touched by it um, the way I'm touched by it um, because it's really important to me. To, so how do okay? What are the links again? How do people get to it? www.teamcontinuum. Uh, net, um, or they can check out my website, Sean Hirsch, uh, J-O-H-N-H-I-R-S-C-H dot org. Okay. Um, yeah, JohnHirsch.com was taken. So, anyway, um, <laughs> it was taken by people who hate children with cancer. With cancer, clearly, because they're not raising money. No, they're for not. Children. That with site's probably just some guy that parked it during the holiday, waiting for you to pay him off so he can have, so you can have your site. Uh, no, he's like some photographer with the same name as me. Oh. Anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that if I really, Christine actually, uh, the holistic guru is also trading for it, and uh, hopefully we'll be running it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is our first. So you can, if you just support me, uh, you can make a donation. And say, hey man, I support you. If you hate me, but really, really fancy my fiance, who um, quite frankly is much better than me, you know, every way. Um, you can support her and also make a donation. Or if you dislike me, don't know her, but just think that the saddest thing in the world is kids with cancer on the holidays and want to do something about it, guess what? You can make a donation for that. Too. This and is that's quite, all right. This is quite a uh, method to raise money. So if, if they have no excuse if they like you or if they hate you. Right. That's right. true. Anybody who likes me, hates me, or is indifferent to me right, can, in fact, donate at www.teamcontinuum.net. And again, we'll probably uh, have direct links posted on my <laughs> website, johnhirsch.org, or your website, or my Twitter feed has been a lot about this, which is at J underscore Hirsch, H-I-R-S-C-H. So let's uh, talk about why we're having this phone call at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're having it uh, 5 o'clock Texas time, which is real American time. Right, six o'clock uh, American time. No, no, it's, it's five yeah. o'clock Texas time. The country of Texas, which is the real right, Ameri- the real America, Texas, and the country of America is at six. <laughs> and you, you are delusional and believe this because you're someplace, some city that never sleeps. Well, and you're not. Actually, you're in Block Island. Yeah, you, I'm on you, a remote you, island. The only way to get away from all the fat, fatty, delicious uh-huh. desserts um, was to flee to a remote island 20 kilometers off of the coast of Rhode Island yeah. um, and sequester myself in the training shed. So this is kind of like Superman's uh, North Pole uh, yeah. s- uh, Fortress of Solitude. 
this is my fortress of solitude. I, but you, you know have, But you have a landline. I'm feeling that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is absolutely what I am now renaming the <laughs> shed that I live in. It is the fortress of solitude. <laughs> you can, like, turn some like crystals and Marlon Brando's hologram will appear. Yeah. It cool kind of doesn't happen. count if you bring a really hot girl, but whatever. We'll just... He brought a girl, remember? He brought Lois Lane yeah, there. Yeah, he brought a hot girl. Yeah. It's really not that, you know, it's not really that solitude when you bring up, when you start bringing, like, kind of, I don't know. That's not the Well, girls like seeing their guy kind of messed up in the head. That way they get something to fix. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. I've actually, it's true. I've actually done rel- way better than I should have um, in life with, with dating. And uh, I know so many nice guys that don't get any girls. Isn't that true? Right, yeah. You need to be uh, so kind of right? crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I've always been I know nuts. So many really nice guys that just totally single. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> so, wait a minute. You're gonna. Uh-huh. We got two things. Uh-huh. We're calling it this time because you're gonna. I want to ask you about what you're gonna talk to your coach about. Okay. Oh, interesting. And then, yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, people want to know. People like to hear this. And then, who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, uh, what was the thing? Oh, you uh, you PR'd your Iron Man last yes, year. Yes, I did. With the elderly silver either. age of 3,539, no, 37, 30. How old well, are you? I am 39. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, I got old. So they print Which, your pro I, card in, like, large font, right? Dude, they do. It's actually <laughs> weird because it's a pro card with on silver? the front side and an AARP card on the right. back side. Yeah, cool. <laughs> no, this is so awesome crazy, about. Dude, I got my first pro card in '04. Yeah, it was like I've had actually I've kept them all, and I've yeah. I have like five different looking cards. Like they oh, changed they change, the look yeah. of the card mm-hmm. at like three or four different times. <gasps> That's how long of a pro I've been. Oh, you know what? You're the perfect person to ask about this. So, Jared, okay, well, I got one more thing to tell you. Okay, I've right. been a pro so long, I actually had to get a new passport. <laughs> I just redid my passport to go to um, Spain again, and I was like, "Whoa, it's expired." That's how long I've had this this pro card. That's a okay. So ten years as a pro. Yeah. Right. Four. But yeah. Twelve. I think that more twelve. Yeah, two thousand four to oh no ten eleven 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 seasons. This will be my twelve. So, um, so Jared Shoemaker is suing because there's not enough representation of pros or something like that on the USA. Yeah, I read board? the Flow Twitch article. But, so you're a you're a, a full time triathlete, part time lawyer, right? So what do you what do you make of that, real quick? Uh, didn't follow the law stuff. Read the article. Um, looks like Dan had a really great take on it that I have no idea whether or not it's true or not. True. Okay. So yeah, no first hand knowledge. I've I have my own take. If you want to hear me just rant about the US, about USAT, it's <laughs> um, kind of collateral to this, but. Fundamentally, I think the USAT has always done a really bad job of dealing, of representing pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, the worst is USAT's representation of long course pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, people go like the iron distance stuff because they just don't care about us. I mean, at all. And when they make all these rules, like the requalifying rule and stuff like that, they have zero input from like from athletes that are going like like as long as we are. Well, what... The whole the whole thing. I mean, whether Jared prevails or not. It's, you know, it's it's very clear that USAT has no interest in, uh, you know, long course stuff. I mean, what is this I, weird crap about them saying, like Dan was saying, Dan uh, Mfield is talking about the owner of Slow Twitch, that 
like the there there's like some uh, overtaking effort of the of the pros to take to rule the USAT or something without respecting them or something like that. I didn't I didn't understand that at all. Oh, I thought it was the other way, right? Which is they uh, they were trying to cut the representation from twenty five percent to twenty percent. Oh, that no, but that's USAT in response back to the pros being disrespectful and trying to trying to win seats on the board without doing it properly or something like that. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, now you're getting into some real USAT minutia. Oh. I actually have, unfortunately, the same position with uh, USAT that I have with my with my government government, mm-hmm. which is kind of like <laughs> the system's totally corrupt and broken, and I'm just going to be an anarchist. Yeah, like I unfortunately really don't follow USAT stuff very closely because the few times that I, um, the few times that it mattered, mm-hmm. the, it was very clear that there was no, there was, they just don't care about long course. I mean, it's, it's so, it's, we're so, we're so alien to the whole thing yeah. and irrelevant that it's, I just stopped caring. So I haven't actually opened a single email from them in like 10 years. I have issues like that where I'll get so mad. It usually has to do with cycling in the community, you know, like like right. sa- safe cycling and stuff. Sure. Where I'll, I'll, first I start off with disbelief and right. then and then hope and then totally disbelief again and then rage and then giving up. Right. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, we just need a cycling lane. Why is this so hard? Yeah, why is this so hard? And then you realize you actually have to overthrow capitalism to get it, and you're like, ah, I can't do it. Yeah, it's too much work. I'm just gonna go. And, yeah. I'm just gonna go and have six desserts. Well, we built a we built a bike path. There's this bike path in the park I ran this morning. Oh, nice. And they they've disallowed cycling on this one road, and so they say, you know, go bike at this bike path. The speed limit. There's a sign posted on this bike path. Uh-huh. No faster than 10 miles per hour on a bike, and it is two miles long. <laughs> nice. I guess yeah. if you went below 10 miles an hour, you could probably ride on it for a while. Before you ran out that's of bike. That's true. That's, you're, just, you're just using up those two miles. And it's actually, if you think about it, two miles, it's four miles, right? Yeah. Back. Yeah, it's so, out back. I mean, so really it's your fault. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you know. Okay, so you're going <laughs> to you're gonna talk to your coach, right? I am. Now, you had this awesome yeah. season last year. I did. I had a great season for for, for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's always subjective, right? But yeah, right. I felt like I had a great season. Well, you're being a responsible professional triathlete and holding down a job at the same time. Because there's like three of y'all that can actually like live on what you make. Right, that's true. I mean, I am part time, but I actually also just don't have enough talent to be better. I mean, at some point you have to be honest with yourself. Like, I don't have Andy Pop's talent, right? <laughs> I mean, I just don't. You don't have I mean, his swimming <laughs> talent. I can tell you that. I've seen. What? I've seen nothing. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I've swam with you. I saw what was going on. That, I don't know what was going on in the next lane. It was kind of crazy. I'm actually a pretty good swimmer, by the way. You're fast for your form. I can tell you that, which means you're freaking great. I have impeccable swim technique. Uh, I don't know where you're getting. You have, you are in in amazing shape. Uh, I'm not just in in good shape. I have good swim technique. Yeah. Okay. I I believe that. You, that's, that's the important thing. We'll have a swim off and we'll do it like. Believing. uh, We'll have a swim off, and we'll do it like, um, like, but not by speed. We'll do it by like, you know, like scoring, like how oh. they do, uh, how they do like figure skating. Yeah, yeah, or like surfing yeah, contests. Yeah. It's all form. Yeah, and like stuff. a surfing contest where it's all like subjective and like. But, and know, we'll so have diving. Like, Can we dive in off blocks? Oh man, no, that's unfair. But we could do running. No, like right? your form. Like, that's more like me. Just, it just no, creates like diving off the block. Creativity gets points. 
Oh, well, then my swim technique might actually get me points. I know. You know what's funny, actually, is like the other thing, too, is my open water swimming technique is actually worse. <laughs> I actually think I swim much prettier in the pool. You should, I, I will admit that I have Oh, open water. water. I thought you said underwater. And I'm like, okay. No. <laughs> no. no. Not. All right. Well, okay, where, so what is we your... About? We were talking about why I'm, what happened at What What did you do nights. last year to have such a great season? And what was your ah. what was your PR? What was it? All right, I went 922, which doesn't sound crazy fast, except that I did it in Atlantic City mm-hmm. on a 90-plus day where, like, the humidity Holy was just hanging in crap. the air. Yeah, that's hard, and it was man. Out and back course where we went out and then turned around, and as we, as the day went on, the winds grew. Mm-hmm. So we went out with no wind and turned. Oh, yeah, and yeah. The days went on, yeah. turned around into a horrific stand you up, grind you into dust. You know, you're just in a small ring, but you're on a flat yeah. going like eight miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. So on that day, I actually went eleventh <laughs> overall, which was pretty good. I think it was like. No, 40 or 50 pros, big pro field because yeah. um, challenges in the WCC. Mm-hmm. So, um, so pros go there, right? Because they, um, they're welcomed and not excluded. Anyways, um, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of sub subtext yeah, between the lines. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> went to Atlantic City, great race, had a great time. Yeah. But then, uh, and then, and then to the PR at 39, and I think that I did the biggest fundamental change for me was I did I finally. Well, there were two things, and they led to each other. Mm-hmm. I raced a lot less, and yeah, that'll help. I, um, because I raced less, I continued my strength training all year long. Oh. And that was the one big thing that every year I would go to Spain, and then I'd be in like, the mountains of Andalusia, and I would want to be in the mountains and train and not hit the gym. Mm-hmm. And then I would come back, having not hit the gym for three or four weeks, and then be like, well, you know, there's these really important bike races, and I don't want to have tired legs for them and do these, like, pretty great, you know, one, two, three, cat, one, two, three hundred K bike races that are, like, go on in a place called Coxsackie, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'll let uh, anybody who wants to Co- have For a people that didn't hear that, it's Coxsackie. Right, Coxsackie. Yeah. yeah. Three races in Coxsackie. So I'll just let, I'll tell you that right away the joke, is, uh, the following jokes have already been made, which is it's, it's very hard. Um, sometimes the field swells. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. People... People love to ride it. You'll have a ball anyway. in Coxsackie? Oh, no one's done that one. That's uh, new. Good job. That's a pretty good one, too. That might go to the top ten right there. Oh, way to come strong. The nuns will have none of Coxsackie. Oh, there you go. You're killing it. <laughs> anyway, so I would do that, and then I'd be like, well, the first triathlon races are coming up, a couple duathlons, and I wouldn't want to suck at any of these races, so I wouldn't bend my legs with gym work, and then it was just a disaster. So this year I just forgoed all that, and uh, I actually trained through Wildflower, which was kind of painful because uh, that is not a race you want to come. Uh, no, that race is so hard, man. Yeah, and it's a field that's so deep. Because yeah. also, because it's not WTC, a lot of Oh, yeah, I remember that. You did Wildflower. Yeah, I did Wildflower. Yeah. I mean, I got killed at Wildflower, but I did Wildflower. Yeah. But after that, I, um, I but, but because I trained through it and hit the gym and, you know, right into it and then right after it, mm-hmm. uh, I raced right basically up to AC. I mean, I trained right up to AC, like, consistently and kept the strength training in there so i didn't right. lose that so uh, consistency with strength training not too much not not too much racing because yep yeah for long course that disrupts your training kind of so you got to be it careful really with that does. yeah yeah and i just i i really it's one of the i mean some of the other pros will probably talk about this but i think that uh you know i really pity some of those wtc dudes because they're gonna have to race a lot and i yeah. think that's like i think it's really hard to get your 
Are you there? Sorry about that. You're back. <laughs> I smashed the phone into my face. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, people get really excited on this podcast, John. It happens. Yeah, I know. I know. I get... yeah. Oh, this phone's going to die. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, it's like an old phone. I'm in like a, again, I'm in the, I'm in the Cape of Solitude. So uh-huh. this phone's like circa like 1990. So you might have to call me on the cell. Okay. Uh, we will if it happens. All right, if it happens. Okay. I think it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's beeping like, it's beeping in a fury. Yeah, oh, it's mad. You made it mad. Yeah, it's mad at me. Maybe but it hates talking. Maybe it hates the WTC. It's, you it's, no, it started actually mentioning. hates me because that's the kind of relationship we have as its coach. Oh. Yeah, going back to the Ryan Heisler uh, <laughs> question. Anyways, um, so yeah, I think that's really true. I think that uh, I think racing a lot is really a good way to spread yourself too thin, at least yeah. for me. So I was shocked. I just kept the strength training up, and then I was a lot stronger when it came time to, to, to race. And I think that made a huge difference. Yeah, I agree. The yeah. more strength kind of stuff I do, the I think people are kind of they can be different, but I think a lot of people are the need the strength, the resistance training, and the strength training. They're not well, it doing it, also, and it makes them. Yeah, weaker. I think it's also really this is one of those things, right, where it's really specific to the athlete. Mm-hmm. I think that under thirty, under thirty, it's not a big deal. Thirty to thirty-five, it gets kind of. Depends on the person, and then over 35, I think it becomes far more critical. Yeah, I'm 40. Yeah, so got, I'm 41, man. And if I don't strength train like three times a day, I turn into a bowl of jello. Right. Yeah. I have to you have to use get my walker yeah a walker really. with the yeah. tennis balls on the front. You know that. Yep. Yeah. I did all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's tennis balls cut in half. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You're aware. Yeah. It's coming. I'm aware. So, what are you going to talk with your coach about? Uh, good question, actually. I have no idea. Uh, he just like, was like, hey, come over at 7. I want to see you. And I'm on this island, and he's on this island. Oh, he's on the He's in the fortress, too? But yeah, he lives on the... Dude, he is. He is... Uh, what, what, was the, what was the dude's name from... Uh, what was the name of Superman's dad? Yeah, Jor-El? I forgot. Yeah. Son of Jarrell. Yeah, it's Jarrell. Yeah, Jarrell. Yeah. yeah, dude, he is He is your Jarrell. Wow. I think I think he's going to actually try to talk me out of Israeli man because he thinks that it's probably he's like kind of mm. wary about travel and he's going to talk me out of the 50k. Oh well, you can't yeah, be out of the try. 50k. He's not going to not going to succeed. The 50k, I'm going to win. Okay. Um, You're going to win. I'm going to go do Israeli man and I'm going to win that too. So yeah, uh, I just got to get him. This is going to be me getting him on board for my ridiculously early back-to-back January, which involves a lot of racing. Yeah. A Wait. So when's Israeli man? If people that don't know, Israeli that's a really, a really hard cool race. race. Anybody, anybody wishing to visit uh, Israel, and uh, there's an amazing race, January 30th, uh-huh. called Israeli Man, and it is um, full distance and a half distance, and it is crazy cool. It's crazy it hard. It over all these beautiful mountains in yeah. uh, southern uh, Israel, out of the town of Alat, mm-hmm. which is the Red Sea. So for yeah. those of you who uh, dig biblical history, you may remember the crossing of the Red Sea by Moses. Um, Interestingly, I've heard that they, that subsequently closed back up, so you will have to, in fact, swim. swim. <laughs> the residency is no longer targeted for walking. So no, yeah, you're going to have to bike it. You know, this isn't like a, like a New York Triathlon, where New York City Triathlon, or Beach to Battleship, where you can just float or you know walk across the uh, swim. You actually have to do the swim. Yeah. But it's a, it's a really great town. Uh, a lot is a sports um, and vacation mecca in uh, that area. You and can surf there. Great early season. You cannot surf in a lot. Well, no, no, no. You can surf at the east end where of uh, the Mediterranean Sea. Where, oh, yeah, I know. That's true. 
where it um yeah they're surfing there in Israel. That's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And I'll try to check it out. But yeah, I'm really excited. I've always, I'm really into travel and I'm really into history, so I'm really excited to go and bump around um, uh, Israel and check yeah. out all of the historical stuff and cultural stuff and yeah, uh, and then do this really great race, which I've heard awesome things about. Um, so anybody in Europe, anybody uh, looking for an early season race, this is a very cool one. Uh, Israeli man. Uh, yeah. I think I'll have a maybe we'll throw a link up It's really yeah. hard. It's got lots of climbs it is. on it. Yeah, yeah it is. In fact, uh, who, uh, Peter Verbrook, who is a famous European pro, he did it and he won and he didn't break nine hours last year. So Yeah, it's hard. Apparently it's, it's very challenging, which is uh, why I'm probably going to do the half. But, um yeah, so, so how does your early. how does your coach know what to give you for workouts? All right, what do you do? Do you just you just tell them how you're feeling every once in a while, or what? We have a really interesting idea, which is I actually am kind of um, I really like making my own workouts. I make all my athlete workouts for my athletes, so I really like doing the like day in and day out stuff. Yeah. So me and him build the big plan. We build the the exoskeleton that that becomes uh. what my training is. You know, like it was his. He was the one who was like, "Dude, you got to race less. You got to, you know, you got to do more strength training." Yeah. You know, he was the one who was like, "You know, you're not spending enough time on the bike." You know, these kind, you know, or mm-hmm. you're, you know, he looks. So at he looks at the big picture and trusts you to fill in exactly. the paint by exactly. the numbers. He fills. Yeah, and I think he I think gives I'm, you the numbers and the and the and the outline, and you paint. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I I think that's a really good use of people's resources. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people would get a lot out of that who are looking who want that you know don't have the money for a coach but need like a good like consult yeah you know it's like you sit down with somebody and you say okay i'm going to talk to you three times and it's going to cost me you know 100 200 300 dollars but i'm going to you know and i'm going to get the big picture stuff you know the the other thing he does though and this is what you don't get from that his biggest job is to actually pull my leash before i run off the cliff yeah um so he checks in with me and he's like hey how you doing you've been kind of quiet on you know on text what's going on i'm like I just suck at everything, and I'm really tired. I think I need to double my training. <laughs> I suck He's at like, everything. No. <laughs> yeah, I suck at everything. Actually, you know who rats me out is Christine. She's yeah. Like, she'll, like, she'll text Jim and be like, dude, he's totally overtraining. And he'll, like, all of a sudden get a phone call and be like, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, you know, what's and, like, up? My voice will be all thin and, like, mm-hmm. whiny. Actually, like, wow, because I'm actually yeah. overtrained, which is probably one of the things he's going to talk to me about. And uh, he'll be like, he'll be like, hey, man, so, uh, How's your recovery been lately? And I'm like, well, I was going to take a recovery day, but I, I said to do a 40K run. He's like, huh? Mm. How'd that work out for you? I'm like, I, it was terrible. I sucked. So I'm obviously getting slower, so I have to double everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so like, I mean, being, it's really funny, right? Being a coach doesn't make you immune to being an athlete. No. So I have all the same, like, neurotic, crazy stuff. So that's, that's a huge part of what he does. Is, yeah. You know, he does the, like, he does the check-ins and is like, hey, he also... You know, the check-ins are like, hey, man, you know, where are you with this? Where are you with that? He's also really great. He um, runs the Blockout Sports Shop. Uh-huh. So he's really great with, like, product knowledge and, like, tech stuff. And he, uh, you know, he's really bike savvy. And, you know, he fills in a lot of my technical gaps because I'm not a scientist. And uh-huh. has an engineering degree from UPenn. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, so he's really great with that stuff. I mean, the number of things he does for me is actually quite – the laundry list is super long. But um, – but as far as what we'll talk about tonight, I actually don't. We didn't really have an agenda other than like to hang out, which is kind of so. Which means that like he'll, he's going to surprise me with some sort of weird um, 
like Buddhist Cohen. He always does that. He's like Yoda. I'll show up and be like, what a Cohen, really? Yeah, yeah. He'll be like, he'll be like, he'll show up and be like, what do you want out of life? Like mm-hmm. deep philosophical question or something. I'll be like, uh, uh, and he'll be like, that's how he makes my like, that's how he make like my five year plan. I, <laughs> I heard the most Zen answer to a question the other day by you know Lucho, a guy who was a pro and he actually raced. Oh, at, Tim. Um, yeah, what's his full name? Do you know? Tim Lucho. Is Tim Lucho. Lucho something? Yeah, so Tony Prazak was asking him a question that an athlete had written into their show. Uh huh. And it was something like, "I need." It wasn't. It was something like, "I need to train hills, but there's no hills around. What do I do?" Or you know, something like that. And he said, uh-huh. <laughs> "Or he needs to. He needs to do speed work, but he has no way to do speed work or something like that." And he said, right. "I would tell you." I well, I would tell him the answer, but the answer doesn't matter. <laughs> and I was like, it rocks your mind, dude, for a second. You're like, what? And then he said he can't do what he needs to do, right? The 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 um whatever it was that he needed to be doing can't be right. done right now. And he's like, right. so what's the point of telling you that what to do? What's the answer? You know. Right. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I was also thinking that maybe the other way to interpret that would have been like, if you're asking the question, you don't need the answer. You need to readjust yourself. Yeah. So that's not the question I'm asking. Yeah. But I, you know, either way, that's uh, I love that. Yeah. Like, the answer is useless to you right now. You're you're in a place. Right. Exactly. It's like being stuck in a swamp and then going, I wonder what the boiling temperature of water is, and it's like it doesn't freaking matter right now. You're stuck in a swamp. Right. Well, yeah, I, uh, he's he's great. I was a big fan of his actually. He, um, yeah, he was cool. He was like he was like psycho for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he would, on the show every once in a while. He talks about some of the training he used to do. Yeah, but he also like he like he like lived the pro lifestyle like hardcore. Like he yeah. lived in a garage so he could train all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. Air mattress. Yeah, he's totally like, burned out. Or piece of cardboard or <laughs> yeah. They would, like take overnight buses and then win the yeah. race and then like yeah. just have enough bus fare to get back. I mean just. And then he went into ultra running, or he went into yeah. He's really running. good at that. Yeah. Yeah, he runs up mountains that are like yeah, straight up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah his blog was awesome. I don't know if it's not anymore. No, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, he's like uh, totally turned into like a anti-workout. He is some, but he's like he's so. I think the the lifestyle burned him up so bad that oh, yeah. he's just he he is as retired from the sport as you can possibly get. Well, but he was, like, way into, like, he had, like, some moments after triathlon where he got pretty passionate about mm-hmm. certain events. Yeah. But he force he forcefully keeps away from the sport because he knows how he'll get. Yeah. And now he's got kids. And he's like, I don't yeah. want to, I can't do that to my kids right now. So. Yeah. Well, triathlon's a long course triathlon, right? Iron distance stuff. Yeah. It's the worst. It's just so much training. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I hang out with, like, some elite, I coach and hang out with elite runners, and I'm like, you guys have no idea how flush you have it. I know, right? I like train like huge, 10 hours a week. week. Like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, okay, that's nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, right? Like, if you're running a seven-minute mile and you run 100 miles, it's only 700 minutes. So yeah. Like, you know, plus gym work, some yoga, a little bit of stretching, some drills. Yeah, some stretching. Lovely. Some cross-training. Yeah. Lovely. Very, very... It's amazing. adorable, isn't it? You're yeah. like, that's cute. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Well, cool, of course, dude. I mean, that's like probably why everybody who does Ironman likes it, right? Yeah. They want the, the thing that's going to be the hardest to train for. It's true. Anyway. Yeah. 
So are we are we good? I think we're good. All right. Cool, man. Cool. You got to meet with your coach, dude. It's almost time. Oh, is it almost seven? He only lives like he lives like five k away. Oh, it's far. It's a really far five k though. If you're really tired. Yeah. Are you gonna run there? Yeah. My favorite time. If I'll tell this one quick little story. It's funny. My favorite time ever. This was a while ago. Uh huh. It was a hundred degrees. Crazy hot. Yeah. I ran. <laughs> I ran a ten k. There's ten k. Uh, sorry, ten mile loop. And yeah. I had a brick and had a hundred miles at race pace in like brutal heat, and then went out and ran a ten mile brick off the bike. Jesus. Again, at like race effort. Yeah. And he's like seven miles, right? He's a seven mile point on this circle. Uh huh. I'm just conf- I'm like not right. I'm like you know this is getting dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I crawl. I see he's got like at this time it's funny now because his kids are now his kid just finished her sophomore year of running cross country uh-huh. in college, but at the time she was like a little kid and she was playing with she's like nine or ten or something she's playing in a uh, kiddie pool in their front yard oh and you went laid in the pool while she's in it i just went and laid in the pool <laughs> and they're like they're like hanging out on their playing. there's a triathlete in the pool <laughs> right so he's he's like home he comes out sees this like triathlete his triathlete, uh-huh. sitting in the front of his pool yard starts hosing me down doesn't say a word doesn't say like hey man, can i drive you home hey man you want to go to the hospital yeah he's just like he just hoses me down and then walks away. Yeah. <laughs> walks like back inside. Like, all right, man, you're good. Go finish this. <laughs> yeah. Let's say, put, put you back out there. Yeah. He was like, this is like, he didn't give me the option. He wasn't like, hey, man, you know, I could just drive you. It's no big deal. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you finish this run or you live in my kiddie pool for the rest of your life. Yeah. There's no <laughs> option. Yeah. You have, yeah. Dude, that's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. I got a lot of my coaching ideas from him. <laughs> You'll feel better after you lay in this pool for a while. Yeah, it's like I don't know if you saw this, but we were in Spain. One of the one of the athletes is really fading. Uh-huh. I was like, I just, and I sent the the sack wagon home. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, sorry, we don't need the sack wagon. You just go home. We'll meet you there. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. Like the dude finished, right? It was like, yeah, yeah, he's good. He's gonna finish this. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And I looked. I was like, well, the sack wagon's gone, so you can die here or make it home. You know, let's see how this goes. <laughs> wow. That's the way to do <laughs> Anyways, it. Anyway. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to going and hanging out with him. And well, if you know the people you're, family. if you know the people you're dealing with, you know if they need to keep going. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He knows me very well. Yeah. And it was it was good. I think I went and had a great race actually after that. Um, cool. Cool, man. Well, it's good having you on, and always we need always to talk more to be, about how you're going to yeah. come down and do the uh, the ultra the ultra Texas Mega Man in o- I thought October. It was called ultra baby. Well, we're going to call it ultra nasty. The Ooh. mega mega Texas man something. All right, you like, well, if you, you like ultra nasty, you, I kind of like that. Yeah, just make sure whatever you whatever you come up with, you keep. If you go one way or the other, you don't mix that with baby. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm thinking. It, Texas oh, people love the word Texas because it gives them a, a vision in their mind of something big, you know. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. the ultra Texan or something sounds pretty good. Yeah, the ultra Texan works. The big big is that like a big like everything's big in Texas? No, it's the big Texas triathlon. Uh huh. Big Texas Ultra. I Big, don't know. We can, we'll, we'll have to workshop this. But, yeah, I like it. I like where you're heading. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a date for it, or are you just, like, waiting to see who we're um, October, the weekend of October 17th. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. It how might be the same as Ironman uh, World Championships. Yeah, it is. How, so. how, how far is this one? Uh, 6.3 miles. It's a 10K so plus a little bit extra. 10K plus. Yeah. We're going to do everything just a tiny bit longer than the Ultraman in Hawaii. Just to prove Are you really? Yeah. That's so funny. 
Well, so that's not the same race. I'm not going to totally copy them. (laughs) That's brilliant, actually. Yeah. We're going to end up... I like everything. I like it. Yeah, we're going to end up totally doing just one more mile in total than what they do. That way, um, when people say, well, it's not the real Ultraman, like, yeah, it was a mile longer. Yeah, that actually could be the the, the tagline, one more mile. Yeah, but totally out of of respect. I'm doing it to see if I could ever do the Ultraman in Hawaii, you know, like... Right. Yeah, that, I'm not trying to take something away from them. I just can't get there. So just because I can't get there doesn't mean I can't try to do one to see if I could do it. Right. One yeah. more mile. Yeah, one more mile. Three. One more mile. Yeah. It's 321 well, miles total. That's so sick. That's has, anyone, has anyone signed up yet? Yeah. Got several oh, people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yes. Crazy. Yeah, dude. It's real. It's happening. I don't doubt that. And you can bring your um, – you, you get to have your own support crew. So – Okay. Um, uh, and then you do the thing just like Ultraman where they right, right. You, in the bike well you have a kayaker with you that hands you your food and then um, okay. on the swim and then not on the bike it's tough to kayak down a street and then right. you um, on the bike you're, and on the run the vehicle that your crew can pull up ahead of you and right. stop at an intersection and hand you bottles all you want. You can do that all right, right. the entire way. And so you get to see family and friends and stuff like all the time. Yeah, you know, when yeah. we talked to uh when we talked to uh Rich Roll who did this, right? He was always saying how it was like a real bonding experience. Yeah, it's so cool. Um yeah, when we cool. did uh Ultraman not Ultraman, uh Iron Baby this year. Yeah. We swam at the lake and then we biked to my house and I was kinda testing it out to see what it would be like if we did um the ultra ultra baby this way and it was awesome man it was so cool to have uh emily and kai pull up at an intersection ahead of me and kind of wave as i go by so i got to see them like all the time it was really cool just on this like 20 something mile stretch but i was like i was like this is it we're totally going to do this next year we're going to go ultraman length this is awesome that sounds awesome yeah i mean i'm not discounting it that's for sure i uh i did the last uh 20 miles of 22 miles of Grindstone, a big ultra out here, running uh-huh. race. And it, being a part of that as like a crew would be really rewarding. So yeah. if I'm not in the event, maybe I'll come to the event anyways. Oh, cool. Then we can go to Austin. Yeah, or maybe, I'll, maybe, or, you know, we'll see though. But yeah, I would definitely be keen on it. It's so rad. Yeah. Well, we're, I'll be okay. uh, posting lots of stuff about it. So you can Actually, by the way, for people who don't know your area too, I can vouch. I've gone there a bunch to train, right? Uh-huh. I've done like oh, yeah, that's right. Or, yeah, yeah. Let me tell people. It is gorgeous. Like, Texas, like, beautiful fields of cotton, really pretty uh, low-traffic roads, really, really gorgeous. Yeah. Gentle pas- rolling scenery, terrain. Pastures, that, yeah. rolling terrain. You know, then you have, like, a beautiful grassy hill with some giant oak tree in the middle. I mean, you know, some longhorns. I mean, it's really, it's really quite pretty. I mean, people, people will be amazed that they went to um, Texas and how gorgeous it was. I mean, I listen, I, you this is coming from me, a guy who hates Texas. I would love to bash Texas, but frankly, it's gorgeous. <laughs> that part of Texas is gorgeous. Yeah, it is. It's stunning. Yeah. I love coming down there and training. Yeah. Cool, man. All right, Well, man. thank you so much for having me on. I'm an enormous fan of your show, and uh, I hope you edit out all the boring parts and you know get this end of it. Okay, we'll get it down to just a couple minutes then. And uh, we'll be in touch. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right, up. Talk to you later. All right, later. All right, I hope you are enjoying this interview with pro triathlete John Hirsch. I certainly had a good time. And you know what else is a good time? Amphipod Multisport. 
I'd like to thank them for being a big sponsor of the show. And I've got some details for you about Amphipod Multisport in Libertyville, Illinois, just a tad bit north of Chicago in the greater Chicagoland area. First thing is that if you go there, you get your first ride on the CompuTrainer for free. They say that they want to make sure that you enjoy it before you pay for it. And they're pretty sure, in fact, positive that you're going to come back and want more. CompuTrainer is the de facto training method on the bike indoor to improve you. So first ride on the CompuTrainer is free. You just bring in your bike and take a ride on the old CompuTrainer. Use your own bike. And then this is a great way if you ever find yourself in the Chicago area that you can get in some free training time. They say they insist on people riding for free at least once to make sure it's their thing. And yes, they have an indoor pool. And yes, it is sailing. And it's not just one lane, but two. You got to definitely check that out. They have no contract memberships. So it's month to month, which is fantastic. I love that. And they have a $25 a day drop-in rate if you just want to swing by. And also, it's 100 bucks a month for active military and firefighters and police. Sounds like a sweet deal. Make sure you check them out at Amphipod Multisport. And if you go there, make sure you say that Brett at Zentri sent you. All right, let's get back to the interview. All right. Thank you so much, John, for that great, great talk about all things triathlon. I really enjoyed talking to John. It's a good time. He's a great guy. And the rest of that interview was brought to us by New Republic Brewery. You can check them out on Twitter at New Republic Beer. Really good stuff. Okay. Let's go ahead and get started with the next part of the show. We are going to do some performance tips and these aren't just your everyday performance tips. This is not just triathlon. This is all around things that uh, can help you out. I have a really great habit of listening to self-improvement books and uh, high-performance uh, audio, I don't know, podcasts and, and articles and so on and so forth. And I take the best that will work for triathlon and condense it down into some really good stuff to share with you guys. All right, so first off, you can take control of bad habits by scheduling them. Okay, I got this from a James Altucher show. That's hard to say at once. Episode 65, he interviews a guy that is a... Um, well, God, you find out later... He, well, he's written a bunch of books. Then you find out later that he was a really bad burn victim when he was uh, maybe a teenager and he started studying the habits and the performance of the nurses in the hospital because he was in there for three years. Um, 70% burns covering his body. And things like, <laughs> for real, he figured out if it, he did this later in life, he did, uh, he did a research project where he figured out if it actually hurts more to pull, to pull bandages off faster or slower. And um, so it's interesting. You have to listen to the interview to find out. It's pretty cool. And 
he said he was asked by by James Altucher, um, "Let's say I got a habit I want to get rid of, like I check Twitter too much." And the guy said, "Oh yeah, that's easy. What you do is you schedule time for your bad behavior. That way you're still doing your bad behavior, so you're not in total denial of it." And I tried this. This actually works. So I said, "Okay, I'll check Twitter just once every hour instead of just randomly whenever the urge hits me." So now it really works. I actually exercise control over my Twitter and oh, and you tell yourself that you're only going to do this for like the next day or week or something like that. So there's an end point, right? So you're like, well, at least I can keep trying it and keep trying it. And then after a while, what you you get this um you get a a feeling of control over the bad habit, right? Which works really nicely. And then so now you're in charge and then also you start getting a reward from realizing that you really didn't need to check it. And it makes it really palatable because it's a, you're only going to do it for today. But guess what happens the next day? You're like, man, yesterday worked out pretty good. My life was better than, than before. I think I'm going to keep doing this. So you keep doing it. It really works. It's really cool. So you schedule times for your bad habits. All right, next we have <laughs> something from my own personal life. My dog, is getting fat from not running and I'm getting fat from not running as much or exercising as much because I'm doing the whole off season thing. And, but now we've got a subject with a controlled diet. He eats the exact same thing every day. And he has gone down from running with me five times a week to now once a week, twice a week. And he is getting round. He's my black lab. And he was ideal body weight, and now he is definitely carrying a little bit of extra fat. So if you think that exercise <laughs> doesn't burn calories and change your, um, your body shape, you would be wrong. It totally does. It's amazing. All right, so get, when you get a chance, get back on your running. And um, one of the reasons I also didn't uh, run with him as much is as I got closer to race time, um, this dog is big and he yanks me around and he can actually trip me and injure me if, uh, I take a bad step because of what he did. So I quit running with him actually for a, quite a while now. Um, and now we're going to start picking it back up again. So Kona's going to lean out, I promise. All right, next up, I would like to give a shout out to Bri Try on Twitter, B-R-I underscore T-R-I and the number two because he did something really cool. He pointed out to me that I should be trying Amrita Bars, which is one of our sponsors, which I'm going to give a huge shout out to here in a second. He was saying, hey, uh, these comments about your stomach hurting and, and all the stuff on the half Iron Man and then the Iron Man and getting sick, th- that's just too much sugary stuff. Um, you should be trying, why don't you try the Amrita Bars as fuel on the on the bike? And I wrote back to him, this was public on Twitter back and forth, and I said, I have this impression that you wouldn't want to do Amrita bars um, hour after hour after doing long distance stuff during long long distance stuff because the fiber would in the Amrita bar would mess with you. And he said, nope, I do it. I do it on long bike rides and then runs. I do it during Ironmans, I think he said, and it works just fine. It works great. So I started trying it and because I eat Amrita bars as snacks and um, before workouts, but not really like during workouts for workout food and Arshad's going to kill me because he's going to be like, I've, I, and I've done it, but I've done it just out of necessity. I've never really done it like as a, as a plan, you know? So anyway, I've been doing that lately and holy crap, it works really, really well. 
I alternate um, a bite of an Amrita bar, and that'll power me really well for, for a while. And then I'll do a sip of honey out of a flask, out of a gel flask. And then I alternate kind of back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it makes my stomach so happy. I cannot believe the uh, results that I'm getting from this. So that's a both a tip and a, um, a shout out to Amrita bars. The big tip is you may... I'm I'm still trying to figure out exactly what's going on, but it seems like my stomach seems to enjoy a small amount of solid food and like it recognizes the solid food as something to work with and then it starts processing it and it's happy. And if I do just liquid, um, like my stomach gets confused and it doesn't really see the calories and I just get sick after, after a while. So this seems to be working really, really well. I'm, I've been training, uh, the past, a uh, few days here in Tyler, Texas, and I went out and got it fueling this way. I went out on a bike ride and I got a Strava King of the Mountain on a bike segment out there. And I looked up the, uh, the and I've never ridden this before, and I went and looked up the uh, guys I beat out. And I know that uh, one or two, one of them for sure, and I think uh, one more, is a Kona qualifier <laughs> in the 20 five or 30 something age group. And I freaking beat out these guys on this, on this Strava segment. And I had no intention to, I was just out exercising and I looked up Strava later and I was like, Oh wow. Holy cow. Holy cow. I got a King of the mountain. That's awesome. And it was all because of uh, nibbling on an Amrita bar kind of here. And then a little bit of sugar, just a little bit of sugary stuff there with, with uh, plenty of water. And my stomach feels fantastic, man. So Amrita bars, let's throw in a sponsor. Uh, shout out to them here. You can get Amrita bars delivered to your house, 15% off with discount code ZEN, all capital letters Z E N, at amritahealthfoods.com. Again, 15% off with discount code ZEN and all caps at amritahealthfoods.com. Um, it's made, they're made by a cyclist, and so the packaging is perfect. You just pop open the end of it. And, uh, then you slide out like a, a third or a quarter of the bar and then push the, and then chew on that and push the bar back in the wrapper. And then I put it back in my, um, tri shorts or my cycling shorts leg, like right above the thigh, you know, I tuck it in right there and then I just keep on pedaling and man, they're so good. They taste great. Okay. Now let's see, get back on track with our stuff. Um, a triathlete I work with has uh, he's short on sleep, and I wanted to mention to everybody that you can. One of the huge jumps I made in performance and training and racing uh, with being able to is being able to get more sleep. And one thing I figured out is a sleep mask. I was on a flight, and there was like a cheap throwaway fl- sleep mask on the flight, and I used it, and I could not believe I just got this great sleep because it blocked out all the light. And so I keep a, I bought a nicer one. Emily makes fun of me because it's got stars and moons and stuff like that on it. It's pretty funny, but it's real plush. And I keep it in my nightstand and Emily gets really weird. She'll start like organizing crap, you know, and putting away laundry and opening drawers and closing drawers, all kinds of stuff. I'll put in headphones and listen to either like a talking podcast that goes on like this or some kind of like trancey kind of music. And I'll put on that sleep mask and I am out, man. It freaking works. It works really well. So if you're not using a sleep mask, it costs like 10 bucks. Go get one. 
uh, or just lay something over your eyes to block out the light. It really does work. All right, next with some more gear like that, um, Jaybirds. So Jaybirds are sweat-proof, um, cordless, uh, Bluetooth headphones. So if you listen to this show, you probably listen to a bunch of podcasts and music, and um, Bluetooth are fantastic. These are expensive too. These are like 130 bucks, and but they have like a battery life of eight hours, you know, and it's so much better not having a cable attached to your smartphone to listen to stuff, and you just use the Bluetooth, and they work. They're really high quality, and they work really great. Well, even though they are sweatproof, um, eventually you're going to kill them. And so I was running the other night in the pouring rain and I'm like, man, I'm really enjoying myself because I got my phone in a Ziploc and I'm just running along. And then after 50 minutes of running and pouring rain, they go like that and they blew out. Okay. Well, they're not made to be submerged in water and that's kind of what I was doing probably. But anyway, if you get them, they have a warranty and all that stuff, but I'll tell you what's even easier because I heard if you get the warranty on them, you got to send them off. You got to wait for them to send them back, all that stuff. Get them at Best Buy and get the warranty coverage on them, which costs like 30 bucks or something. And it's good for like two years, maybe a year, maybe it's two years, but whatever. But it's worth, it's totally worth it because you walk in with the headphones and you go, these quit working. And they go, okay, <laughs> go get yourself a new pair. And you're like, all right. And then you go, here's a new pair. And they go, all right, that'll be, this is, I'm serious. That'll be $2. <laughs> like, all right, man. And you just swing by Best Buy when you, um, when your headphones conk out and my, they'll last six months uh, to a year. You know, it just depends on how sweaty you get and, and uh, what you subject them to. And eventually you'll kill them. And uh, they're fantastic. So get some Jaybirds. If you get something like that, get the, my whole point is get the coverage because you can go exchange them. And the people behind, behind the counter, they don't really care that much. And they're just going to say, okay, thanks. And you give them the old ones, go pick out some new ones. And it's totally, totally worth it. All right. Um, I listened to the Daniel Pink book, uh, To Sell is Human. And it's not a book so much about sales. It's about um, how in today's world, you're constantly having to sell yourself either to get a job or let's say you're a, you got a part-time job like a triathlon coach or a podcast. Well, I'm trying to sell on this thing. You're trying to convince your kids to uh, not quit that sport. You got to sell, right? It's just constantly uh, going on. And it goes over uh, tips and tricks on how to uh, sell yourself or, or things or anybody on stuff uh, better and in a nice holistic and uh, good cause kind of way. It's a really good book. And Daniel Pink is pretty famous for writing some really good stuff. All right. There was three things out of that book that I plucked out that I thought I would share. Um, one is the positivity ratio of three to one. It takes three happy thoughts to balance out or put you actually in the positive of, of a negative thought. Now, this is really funny because I grew up with my dad saying it takes... <laughs> Wait... One oh shit wipes out two ten at a wipes out ten. God, I messed it up. One oh shit wipes out ten attaboys. I was like, what? This is when I was little. And he said, listen, you can, you do ten great things. That's great. You do one bad thing, people are gonna forget 
the 10 good things that you do. Turns out my dad was, was right. He had the ratio off a little bit. They did it scientifically um, and figured it out that it takes three happy thoughts for every negative thought to be a happy person and to be productive and, you know, feeling like you're doing stuff. And I've kind of played around with it a little bit and I think they're kind of right. Um, so if you got a negative, so the, the way to use this is, um, if you see something negative or you feel negative, like you fail at something, you're like, Oh man, I suck or something like that. Think, start thinking of great things that you've done. Like, wow, I've lived to be 41 years old without dying. Holy crap. <laughs> right. You can just pluck things out of the air. Like I like my car. I really like my car. I, this is really cool. And, uh, my wife is pretty, I did good. I got a real nice wife. That's real pretty. Right. Or husband or whatever. And then you're like, you watch, it takes three of these and your negative thought will fade away. And what's really funny is they found out that once you go, um, to 11, it's three to 11. Once you go beyond 11, 11 positive thoughts to one negative thought, now you're just psychotic and uh, you're, uh, disillusioned and you've lost touch with reality. You think the world's too positive and people will actually try to avoid you because you're annoying. Cause you're, cause you're just like, man, everything's great. When I don't know, there's gunfire in your neighborhood. You know, you like, you need to be in touch with reality is what they're saying. Um, there are, there is negative stuff, but anyway, up the, up the ratio to three to one and you should be good. Okay. Another one out of this book is ask, can I do it instead of saying I can do it? This is really cool. Asking forces you to think out a plan. And now, and you do this with all kinds of things. If you, if you propose things or say things in the form of a question, that's a little bit open-ended, then people will and yourself will be like, how you'll start thinking, how do I solve this puzzle? And how do I get this done? And then what that does is now you're engaged and you're starting to think out your own solution. And that's a huge part of actually being motivated. And so you're like, I got to, I got to work out this afternoon on the bike. How am I going to work out on the after in the afternoon on the bike? And then you start piecing together. Um, like, Oh, well, if I do that, then I need to get, find my helmet. Well, then I need to do this. Now you're starting to visualize, you're starting to get into it. And next thing you know, you're going to be halfway there because you asked the fr- you asked it in the form of a question instead of saying that you're going to bike, you're asking how I'm going to bike. How am I going to do this, right? How am I going to do a um a sub 13-hour Ironman, right? Well, you're like, "Oh, well, to do that, I would need to do this and need to do that." Well, now you've gotten traction and now you're starting to think it out. See? It works great. So they said Bob the Builder if you have a kid, you know this crap. <laughs> Bob the Builder sings, can we do it? Yes, I can. Can All right, That's his thing. And they said, that is actually perfect. Ask how to do it. Can we do it? And then fill in the blanks. And this is actually really motivating to get other people to do stuff that you want as well. All right. Then we get into the last thing from the book, which is curiosity drives motivation get people moving or yourself by asking why or how. Well, that's pretty much like the last one I just said. When they think about it, they are now officially engaged. That's exactly like the last one. Okay, I don't know why I wrote that down twice, but it's cool. Check out the Daniel Pink book, To Sell as Human. It's on Audible. It's about six hours long, audible.com. And we will continue on with more audiobooks in the future. All right, 
Let's take a break here, and we will be back in a second with donations and questions. All right, show donations. So you can help Zen and Yarda Triathlon by going to zentriathlon.com, and there's a PayPal link on the left-hand side. If you find any of this stuff on this show, useful show after show after show, you're like, man, Brett really puts in a lot of work into this show, finding stuff that works, that improves me, training tips, uh, scheduling tips, performance tips, and nutrition advice. Hey, it takes a lot of work to put together this show. So if you want to help give back and keep the show on the air for a long, long time, it's super, super easy. All you do is go to the zentrathon.com website on the left-hand side. There's a little PayPal link. Bam! You can do a recurring donation of only $3.95 a month. I mean, it's nothing. And then there's also a one-time donation and you get your sh- your name mentioned on the show. So let's name off some people. M. Webb gave us a donation. Thank you very much. Allison Frutos, longtime donor. Keith Burtis, what is up, Keith? Gave a donation. And then we've got a donation and a question from Sean L. And this is really, this is a serious one, guys. So pay attention. This is good. Okay, a question. Last week, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Okay, so my dad has Parkinson's, so I'm very familiar with this. And my dad was very athletic um, before getting Parkinson's. Okay, so he says, uh, pre-diagnosis, I finished my first Ironman distance race in August. Do you know of any triathletes with Parkinson's disease I can look to for inspiration? With my shoulder still in rehab, I probably can't get back to biking and swimming until February, so I'm tentatively planning a couple of 70.3 races in 2015, but I'd like, if it's possible, to do a second 140.6 race in 2016. Am I kidding myself? (laughs) Well, okay, so this is what I've seen. And my mom's a bit of a hypochondriac, so I've heard everything about Parkinson's that you can possibly imagine, because she's researched the hell out of it. My mom should have been a doctor. Okay. The, um, the thing with Parkinson's is it progresses differently in different people. So how fast you get the, the worst symptoms of it. So what it does is it makes you weak and it makes your, makes your hand and your um, leg or whatever. It makes your extremities uh, tremor a little bit. And then it also, uh, this is for people that don't know, and also your brain uh, works at normal speed, but your answering questions works at slower speed. So they could tell my dad had Parkinson's because they gave him a, a pretty difficult, kind of like an IQ test. And he answered all the questions perfectly. Like he got a hundred, which I think they said was kind of wild. Cause he's that, my dad's really smart. And, um, but it took him like six times as long as it should have to answer the questions. So his reaction was kind of slow. So Oh, that reminds me of something I got to mention. So, um, so they started him on all, all kinds of medications and my dad's Parkinson's actually is progressing really, really slowly. But the kicker is, is Parkinson's can cause depression and you really need to watch out for that. And then they start giving you all kinds of medication for Parkinson's and mixing and matching all these meds. Um, and I'm not one to say whether you you know, you should definitely, I'm not saying you shouldn't take the meds. I'm just saying there's all kinds of, uh, side effects and crazy stuff 
that messes with you as you try to narrow down medicine and then your conditions change. So it's more medicine and then less medicine. Okay. So I've, my dad has had it for uh, quite a while now and his symptoms are actually, um, not, not getting that much worse. And that's really, really good. But the, um, depression from being athletic and then not being very athletic right now, uh, has its really big ups and downs and it can mess with your mind. So you got to watch out for that stuff. And you got to realize that a lot of that is not you. It's either the Parkinson's or the medication that's messing with you. And if, if it helps, I got a little bit of, um, a little bit of, uh, of positivity here for you and up, I wouldn't call it upside, but, uh, good, good things is that one, check this, check this out. They figured out that actually getting on a bike and riding at a moderate pace reduces the symptoms of people with Parkinson's. There's this study, there's this video online of a guy when he's off the bike, his hands shaking and stuff, and they put him on the bike and start pedaling and it makes his symptoms go away. And he loves it because it's, um, and this isn't just him. It's apparently like everybody. And it, um, because you get a break from these, these really symptoms that just wear you out of like your, you know, your hand involuntarily shaking and stuff like that. And that's really, really cool. And then also my dad has days where, um, where he'll show off by doing a whole bunch of, he goes and works out. So he'll, he'll be like, I, I can do push ups. Check this out. He'll get down and start doing push ups and stuff. It's <laughs> just like, and my dad's like 70, you know, and it's like, wow, holy crap. And so he'll, he'll, some days he'll be like, oh, my Parkinson's accent. My mom will look at me. She goes, it's not the Parkinson's. He's just being moody, you know, he's, uh, because, um, again, just because one person gets it really bad um, doesn't mean you're going to. A lot of it has to do with uh, medication and um, definitely I would say eating healthy and exercising as much as you can will really, really help you out in the big time. So should you be doing this stuff in the future? I would sign up for it and uh, just go day by day and see if uh, you know it progresses or if it just kind of, if you can stave it off with some nice exercise and um and a nice healthy diet and a little bit of rationality. You know, a lot of people out there have chronic stuff and something else might get you before the chronic thing does. <laughs> you know, you, you shouldn't uh, think that Parkinson's is going to be the end of you. There's a million ways. There's that song. There's a million ways to die, you know, so don't, don't dwell on it too much. You never really know what's going to happen. And you never know, they may come up with a cure any moment. Okay. We also have donations from Carrie Honing and Todd Endicott, Jessica Woodruff, and Dan Machia or Machia. So wait, let's go back to Sean for a second. If you know of a Parkinson's uh, triathlete group, send me a note on Twitter and I'll retweet it to Sean um, of a Parkinson's triathletes uh, that are trying to, trying to get it done and getting it done or like a support group. I think a support group is a big deal with the Parkinson's stuff. And once you start seeing that there's a lot of people that have it and a lot of people around uh, you are, you know, you need to find the people that are taking it in stride and have a positive outlook and hang out with them. Don't hang out with the people that are negative about it. Okay. So, um, you can really shape your world and your outlook by the people you hang out with. So send me something and I'll send it to Sean about who, uh, who to look for and what to do. Okay. To help them out. Okay. So that's it for donations and questions. And in a second here, we'll wrap up the show. Hold on. All right, let's go ahead and start wrapping this show up. 
with a little bit of detail of what I've been doing lately and also what's coming up. So we're on family vacation of sorts to uh, Tyler, Texas for Thanksgiving and I brought my bike and running gear with me. There's no pool. There probably is a pool, but it's kind of hard to find. So I figured I would just uh, bike and run day after day. We're here for four days and the schedule seems to be running in the morning with the family and what I what I've been doing is run with Emily and Kai the first half hour and then drop them off and they they uh, go off and do their own thing and then I go for another half hour so that's an hour run and it's hilly here and since uh, we're doing lots of family stuff I don't have time to go out and do tons and tons of training or anything like that so an hour in the morning run after everybody gets up and then uh, mid-afternoon an hour on the bike uh, seems to be really nice. That's only two hours training every day. So, but it is a two a day, which is kind of nice. And I've been doing it every day, and I go kind of hard because not so much on the run, but on the bike, I go kind of hard because um, you know it's only an hour workout each, and uh, there's no like two or three hour things because then I'd be uh, getting away from the family too much. But if you look at it in perspective, you know, four days in a row of, of two a days of lower body work is pretty freaking stressful. And it, I've just been piling it on uh, layer after layer, like Joel Filiol says, and just adding on to it. And it seems to be uh, working pretty nicely. I've, I've made some good choices and the power on the bike seems to be increasing uh, ever so slightly. And like I said, I got a, a king of the mountain on Strava uh, yesterday on the bike, which is pretty cool. And uh, the uh, big question is, is what am I actually training for? What's keeping me motivated to train? Well, the Ultra Baby next year in October seems to really be dominating my mind. And it was this was really smart to create this event because <clears throat> it has got me sufficiently scared to get me out at training. And that works for me. It might work for you uh, to sign up for something or to be planning on doing something with a set date that you can't get away from that is difficult enough to where it bothers you in the back of your mind to get you out and training and making sure that you're not uh, taking too long of a break. Let's see. Another thing is the, um, the tapering and then the rest and the slacking off from training, uh, from the Austin 70.3 and then the Iron Baby, uh, what was that, two weeks after that, I've put on 10, 15 pounds or so, and I cannot wait to get it off. And I'm excited about um, actually cutting back on calories a little bit and uh, watching, seeing if I can lean out, trying different things to see if I can lean out. But the big thing is calories overall and not eating so much. And um, I can tell from the extra weight that it actually hurts my knees a little bit. And um, it makes me think of when I when I did weigh quite a bit more and I was out running and I always had knee pain and stuff like that. If you're out there and you've got knee pain and you're 20, even 20 pounds overweight, that's probably got a lot to do with it. So you gotta keep, keep uh, focusing on calories and uh, not developing an eating disorder, but uh, cutting back and seeing what you actually need and eat for the energy that you need and, and just enough and uh, not too much more than that. 
and uh, experiment with protein and, and fat and such to see if that works. And also I had a talk with Emily about the Rocky Raccoon 100 versus the 50. And um, with the, the really solid uh, fueling changes with the Amrita bars, um, I feel like I can probably get away from getting sick on my stomach. And that's always been my limiter on an Ironman. So I'm always the optimist <laughs> about Ironmans. And I've already signed up for Ironman Texas. So training for a 100 miler and training for an Ironman a few weeks later is um, counterproductive. It's uh, to, to do a 100 miler, you're getting up in the 80 to 100 miles of running a week. And you don't have much time to bike. And um, Ironman triathlons are predominantly, just barely, but predominantly a biking event um, where the bike, because you can only run after you're done with the bike. And if you don't have really strong bike legs, well, then you won't have good run legs. So your run legs are icing on top of, on top of a bike cake. It's <laughs> a way to put it. <laughs> and maybe the swim is the fork. I don't know. But, um, we decided that I'm going to sign up for the 50 and do great at the 50, hopefully. Um, and see if I can break my PR at the 50 and get like, I don't know, like more around nine hours flat, sub nine would be really cool. And, or whatever it is, you know, just have a great race at the 50 and, um, focus on the hundred another time, uh, when I don't have an Ironman coming up, uh, after that, where, uh, all the hundred mile running would, um, take away from the biking. So it sucks, but they are conflicting. And I've talked a lot of, a lot about executive function. You have to pull yourself away from the situation ahead of time and plan out things and then make a plan, make a schedule, make a plan so that when stuff starts getting hot and heavy, that you actually do the right thing. So what we're going to do is the 50 miler. It's in February. I think I need to sign up. I don't, I haven't signed up yet. And then uh, we can do the um, the Ironman Texas. And yeah, according to the news, right, I need to be uh, aware and present in Ironman Texas to sign up for the next year's Ironman Texas right there on site, if that's the way things are going. All right. And before we go, I want to mention Hornet Juice. Hornet Juice is a protein powder that is absolutely amazing. Everybody that's trying it loves it. This stuff is crazy. It's a, an amino acid mix that helps you metabolize body fat for more energy. And it really does work. The emails I get back from people are like, holy crap, <laughs> I can't believe how well this works. It's a uh, one packet lasts you an hour and a half. It's really cool. You take a little bit before you start your long workout, or you could use it you know, for shorter stuff. You'll feel like this diesel-like burn of energy. It's really cool. And it comes from Japanese hornet saliva. It's actually synthetic. They don't actually make Japanese hornets spit into uh, dishes or anything like that. But they might as well because it's made in a lab and the stuff is crazy. And they got the idea from the Japanese killer hornet is the most endurance prolific, I guess is the way to phrase it, uh, bug out there. It can go the longest distance for its body weight out of any animal that they know of. And they figured out how it does it. It metabolizes its own body fat with a specific amino acid blend. So they duplicated in the lab, started giving it to people and holy cow, it works. It works really, really well. So again, you can support Zen and Yarda Triathlon and get something back in your pocket for your support by getting Hornet Juice. And that is on the right side of the website, zentriathlon.com. 
and you can get like a four pack or a 10 pack or a 20 pack or a 30 pack, you know, as much as you want. What, what usually happens is people get like a four and then they try it and then they come back and get a 30. <laughs> They're like, holy crap, because it's a better deal the, the more you get at once. And then if you get it, you get an email from me, a handwritten email, hand typed, clickety clack, email from me uh, asking you how you're doing. And if you send something back to that, I read it on the show. It's pretty cool. And then you can have something that's pretty cool that you can show off to your friends. Like, check this out. I got Japanese killer hornet powdered saliva in my drink. And psychologically, the other person will be like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to race against this person. And you're like, yeah, this is how it goes down. Psychological. <laughs> but anyway, it really does work. It's pretty cool. And also don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram under the name Zen Triathlon. I post tons of my workouts with uh, commentary about what I did, what I ate, and you can look at all the graphs and heart rate stuff. It's pretty cool. We got some uh, pretty cool interviews lined up, and I won't say what they are yet because you never know until they actually happen. And I actually have another interview with Eric J. Fisher uh, lined up. I've already recorded it, and he's a productivity expert, and we'll have him on the next show, I think. And I think that's it. All right. Everybody stay safe out there. Work the uphills. Cruise the downhills. Cruise the downhills and keep the rubber side down. Out.